Strangers podcast. My name, of course, is Furby Montano, otherwise known as Chubby Elvis, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, I'm going to do something that I've done before this season, and that is interview someone that I know personally. Now, this is someone who I considered one of my best friends growing up, but to be quite honest, we hadn't really talked to each other in about a decade. His name is Evan Galpert. Now, Evan, when we were growing up, we've known each other since we were five years old, and truthfully, we slept at each other's houses like every week. Like We were very, very tight, very good friends all the way up through high school. Then I moved, and life got in the way. So we really don't know each other as 33-year-old men at all. Evan is an actor. He's a comedian uh, based out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. He's absolutely hilarious, super talented. And a great person to talk to. He is so much so that him and I, after recording this episode, decided to start a new podcast together. Now it's time for the shameless plug. That's right. Evan and I have started a new podcast and it is called Shitty Jobs, ladies and gentlemen. And it is about, you guessed it, shitty jobs of every shape and form. I'm going to put a link to it in the description box of this episode. Check it out. Shitty Jobs. It's going to be a blast. And our first episode is up now. You can hop on any major platform and listen to it. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. But now back to Perfect Strangers. So I'm going to let you listen to Evan. He's absolutely hilarious. He's a great person to talk to, great person to listen to. Uh, Just enjoy him because I love the guy. Always have, always will. And I was so happy to be able to talk to him in this sort of setting right here because I I love talking to him. So here we go, Evan Galpert. And thank you again for listening. I'm good, man. I just I just started recording just so you know, because, yeah, word. But I'm I'm fantastic, man. Um, I was thinking about it. I think the last time we saw each other was like legitimately 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, it was when I had hair. There, if, if that tells you anything, you know. It was when I was. I don't know uh, about you. I was I was way uh, less pounds, but actually, no, no, no. I was probably more pounds than <laughs> I am right now. I'm, I'm about the same poundage, but I, I was way more pounds for a while there. <laughs> well, what I remember most about us as kids was that you would pound pizza like it was nothing. You could eat just like a like a fucking Domino's extra large with extra pepperoni and cheese all to your fucking self like it was fucking nothing. Dude, I still can. I mean, I don't anymore because, uh, you know, I'm 33 <laughs> now and uh, being 33, that's not really the healthy choice, if you will. But uh, I still could. <laughs> oh, did I lose? I'm going to be 33 in a couple of weeks and... Uh, I lost you. Can you hear me? I haven't been drinking for a couple of weeks, so I've like lost a bunch of water weight. I can already feel it, you know. Dude, I was gonna say, man, you look really good. Like you look like, like, like toned and like slimmed down. Yeah, let me take my shirt off. You can see my titties. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not in great shape yet, but I'm trying to get there. You know. No, you look good, man. You do. Well, thanks, man. 
Yeah, of course, man. How's uh, how's life treating you, man? It's been a decade. Like that's that's insane. I can't believe. It's been yeah, that yeah. So I mean, it's been a weird fucking decade. Um, right now, things are really, really good. Uh, I actually, I'm I'm working on an event that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, are you in Austin still? No, I'm actually in uh, Orlando now. You're in Orlando. That's a yeah. long way to travel. Fuck. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the coordinator. I am already the coordinator for an event called Make Music Day Santa Fe, oh. which is part of an international event called Make Music Day that started in France 40 years ago. This is the 40th anniversary. And um, I'm just going to be coordinating the Santa Fe chapter. There's probably, I'm sure there's a Make Music Day Orlando already. I can try to find out and get you in touch with whoever's coordinating that if you want to, uh, if you want to be a performer or if you want to put on some sort of presentation or something like that as part of that day. It's on summer solstice on June 1st. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I, uh, I don't see anything for Orlando, but I do see one for Tampa, which is not far. So there you go. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, over 200 countries across the planet, and I think just about every state in the lower 48. And uh, some co- it's going to be a fun day, man. I'm, I still don't really know exactly what we're going to be putting together. I'm still in the beginning stages of kind of doing the back-end stuff, putting the website together and uh, working with the planning committee here to, like, actually find performers and venues and then get it all going. But that's going to be a fun event. Uh, I'm I'm really trying to put all my focus into being a performer full-time now, you know, I want to be a, an actor and a voice actor and a stand-up as much as, as much as possible. And, uh, I was, I was selling real estate for the past couple of years. And while that was lucrative, it was not at all rewarding. <laughs> and even, I hear that. even my boss was like, you know, you've been here for about two years and it just doesn't seem like this is working out. You don't seem like you're happy. And I was like, you're right. I'm not, I, I, I'm, this is not what I want to do. So um, that's, that's been the biggest shift since the beginning of this year, you know, is, is trying to put one foot in front of the other to get an agent again and to, uh, uh, you know, just work on trying to create a better social media presence and doing all the things that you got to do to be a professional performer. You know, you do it, you're doing it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely trying, man. Um, yeah, I hear you. It's it's especially now because it's never been easier and simultaneously it's never been harder um, because you have access to so many people that you wouldn't have had access to before. But uh, that's the problem is everyone has access to, to the same people, you know, so getting your stuff out there is just it, it's it's not impossible, but it's much harder to to be uh, seen, I guess, is the best way to put it. For sure. I'm I'm happy for you, that man. It, you you seem like uh like you've kind of found your your thing, man. You you've always been hilarious. I always knew you were going to do something in this this space. So I'm I'm happy for you, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, you you were you were always super funny too. You were always one of those friends where I was like, if I can make Furby laugh, then I'm I'm happy. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, Thank you, uh, man. I appreciate that. Dude, we we yeah, fun. man. We we used to. We had some good times when we were kids, man. Like we, it was like, yeah, man. like every weekend for a while there, man. Just like hanging out, being at one another's houses or whatever. Watching fucking Starship Troopers and fucking playing football and playing video games, you know, watching monster trucks and shit. Yeah, <laughs> l- looking at all the porn the internet had of the late nineties. Looking at all the porn, that was all my fault. 
Just every <laughs> dude. That was not just you. I, I might have made you think that. I guess you're right. That was kind of a product of our generation, wasn't it? We could do it. It was just everywhere. We could find everywhere you turn because we had the internet. Finally, well, dude, we were the you first know? generation to have like porn at our fingertips, which it was so wild because before it was like I gotta go like risk getting caught in my dad's closet to go look at these magazines, <laughs> and then it's like the same four magazines over and over. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right, right, totally. And now you're like, yeah, I remember one of them. In like, like ass.com and just look at a bunch of asses. What? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I remember like the first, I think the very first time that I ever tried to like look up a dirty picture on the internet, I probably just searched boobs, you know? And what came up was a bearded man with a hairy chest and like beautiful perky tits. Good for him, man. Yeah. That's, that was the first troll that you ever encountered. Yeah, <laughs> probably, <laughs> you know, oh or the, the first trans rights activist, however you want to look at it, you know, yeah, but good, uh, good, for, good for them, man. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean that being totally seriously. Good for them. I don't yeah, mean that me too, man. Me too. I'm not, I'm not hating. Uh, but it did, as like an eight-year-old kid, it kind of scarred the shit out of me. I was like, I did not know that that was the thing. Okay, well, uh, cool, you know. I, and you would think that I would have given up after that, honestly, but no. No, I, I soldiered forth to finish all of the porn on the internet, you know. And we're still going for it to this day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Have you ever contributed? I've always feel I've always felt like after all that the porn community has given me over the years, it's it would be a, a joy and a privilege to uh, contribute something to to the the ethos there. You know, uh, that's where you and I will uh, healthily disagree. <laughs> no, nobody needs to see me doing that at all that that is not yeah, something i want to doing that either but uh yeah. it would be kind of fun i kind of you know the, the porn that i really like to watch is is like average people anyway you know i like to i like to right. watch amateur like cell phone videos of of unattractive middle-aged couples doing awful things into hotel rooms you know with with like a bunch of strangers Dude, and, okay. Uh, that's this, this is why I love you, man. Because you and I can have this conversation, and it's not weird. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just pick it up right where we left off, you know? Yeah, dude. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree, man. Like when you see like just two people and it's like a little bit off center, you, you only see like a butt cheek for like 20 minutes and they move and then it's like a leg and they don't. It's the best, man, because, you know, they're just into it. They just put that up there to be like, yeah, we'll watch it later. And then they probably yep. never do. <laughs> they're proud of themselves, man. Some of those some of those other people, if they're in, you know, this like polished room with all the lights and all the stuff, there's shame in their faces, you know, because they're doing this because they have to. But if you're just watching a bunch of people that are just middle aged perverts that are just like, yeah, look at us, then it's like, cool. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Like, I want to I want to hang out with those people. You know, also, it also makes me feel so much better about myself and my sexual performances. Uh, <laughs> I've always thought like, you know, 
when you're younger, you watch porn and you're like, oh, there's no way because I don't have a 14 inch mon- monkey dick and like I can't, <laughs> I can't bend in those ways, man. And then you watch some other dude, you're like, oh, he looks like me. He's kind of fat. He's breathing hard. He got a Charlie horse in the middle. Like they're okay. sweating. They're barely. Nobody's long stroking nothing, man. It's just kind of like a little bit of and, and you lift your leg. What do you mean lift my leg? <laughs> no, I'm not going to be able to do that. The best on. one. The best ones are when uh, when they stop. She goes, "Ow, ow, ow! Hair, hair, hair!" <laughs> Can't lean on that hair, man. You got to wash your hands. And then they have to reposition. She's like, "No, no, no! It doesn't go that far." Shit like that. Like that. That is the best, man. Because that's that's a that's an authentic, like an al dente experience, if you will. Just ah, you know. What I mean? Absolutely. You know, I do feel like it ought to be a, a, a more common conversation of like porn and what's what is good and what isn't good you know and what do we what do you what do we like to watch like it's like not, not as if 90 percent of the population doesn't watch porn on an almost daily basis right. and it's the one thing that we don't talk about that we're not not going to talk to each other about i mean come on i mean certainly some friends you can talk about it with your guy friends or maybe you and your lady can watch it together or whatever else you know i mean and and yes some things should be private people are allowed to have their private lives and whatever but but come on man don't be a fucking prude just yeah. give us your keyword search just tell us tell us some of the things <laughs> are you, what are you am doing? i the only one i feel like i'm the only one probably in the world that actually just googles my keyword searches for porn and uh if if you ever try that now as of very recently, probably because of me, there is now a new warning that comes up that says some, some of the, some of these results may contain explicit content. And I'm like, yeah, MILF gangbang anal gaping should in fact contain some explicit content. Like, I don't know. Why are you even telling me this? And then I have to exit out. You've never heard of that band. You've never heard of that band before, man. MILF anal gaping. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's going to be the new, uh, the new album name for my friend, Zach's Zach Hogan's new album. I don't know if you know him. He's yeah, a Santa Fe guy. Of course, man. I know Zach bass player. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Loves yeah. He's, I, I just saw some Facebook post that he's finishing up uh, an album. It's probably going to be brutal. Can't wait. Dude, I love that. dude. His music. He, so he's like a doom metal guy. And like, I was always a doom metal guy that never looked like a doom metal guy. And, uh, I remember when, uh, me and Morgan were at MI, we both came home, um, I don't know, I think it was for Christmas or something. And we went and saw Zach uh, performing because a couple of our MI friends were also performing. Um, this was at uh, uh, Corazon when it was still open. And uh, I remember Zach, he saw me like getting down. He's like, dude, I had no idea you were down with like the filth. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I thought you were like Justin Bieber or some shit, man. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I know that I have a fade and like I shave all my face hair, but like, well, and you yeah. love country music. And I do love country music. I do love. You probably you love you some Miley Cyrus. I'm sure. Miley, hey, don't hate on Miley, man. Miley, I'm not. Miley I'm not at all. She is. She's actually. She's a badass, dude. I love. I love she Miley is. Cyrus. Um, but yeah, yeah. Dude, that. That's awesome, man. I'm happy you guys are still uh, still friends and stuff like that, man. I, I haven't- you know, man, I don't see him around that much. I don't go out to many shows. So, he, you know, he'll probably be surprised that I'm even bringing him up. But I saw him on Facebook. But I love Zach, man. Zach's awesome. I, you know, um, I hope we will always be homies 
just because, you know, we've, we've always been homies. So, but, but he, he, uh, but yeah, you know, I've, the, the, the open mic is the thing that's been taking up a lot of the focus lately, man. I've, we've, it's not much of a transition, but just thinking of other shit that's going on. It's fun to talk about, you know, the, the, uh, me and my buddies started this comedy troupe in Santa Fe and we were doing stand up shows for a while until we realized like, you know, we need it. <laughs> we need just an open mic platform. We need, we were the only way that we could perform for a while was to like rent a theater and charge people for tickets. And that wasn't enough like reps for us to like actually be doing the thing the right way, you know? Uh, and there was no open mic in Santa Fe until we went into, or I went into Chili Line Brewing Company and was like, hey, you want to let us come in here and take over on a Wednesday and do this thing? And uh, it's, you know, we did it every other week for a while. And then uh, now we're, we've since for the last year or so, we've been doing it every week and it's been fucking popping, man. Uh, we We get like 20 comedians on the list sometimes. No we had just like a really? packed bar full of people just all sitting around laughing. It's a really fun, friendly open mic. Dude, that's um, awesome, man. Yeah. I didn't yeah. And all comedians. Like, I mean, nobody's, I, I keep telling people, like, if you're a musician and you want to come do a funny song or something like that, you always could, but nobody's ever taken me up on it. So. Dude, next time I'm in town, I will absolutely go like that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like shit like that just did not exist when I lived in Santa Fe. Like it was just, it wasn't a thing, man. I'm so happy you're doing that. Like that, that like, seriously, like warms my heart, man. Cause that was one of like the main reasons I left Santa Fe was I felt like there was no creative outlet. And like, I left when I was 21. So that was 12 years ago. Yeah. So like, yeah, there was no creative outlet like anywhere in Santa Fe. It was like, you know, go to the club and hear like this loud ass EDM music. And like, it was fucking annoying, dude. I hate yeah. It. And I mean, it's still, you know, nothing's really changed after 10 o'clock. The only thing that's happening in town is the Matador and, and Evangelos, you know, it's that same little block where all the trouble happens. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's fun, you know, but, but man, uh, yeah, I don't know it, that it is really nice to, uh Oh, there's my, fucked up my headphones for a second it is fun to have a new thing going on and to have we have comics from albuquerque come up and, and perform at our open mic on a pretty regular basis and some of us have started going down there more often and um we have a regular monthly show at tumble root do you know do you know about tumble root? have you seen that place no. since it used to be like the old de arcos liquors or something like that on agua fria like near agua fria and siler Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, kind of about that big roundabout, like a little further, like on Alfria, kind of. Yeah, yeah, or on Alameda. I mean, it's on the, uh, uh, yeah, Agafria. You're thinking of the roundabout that's Siler, and then it goes to Alameda. Yeah, we're thinking of the same spot. It, it's like, it's a really cool bar now. They did a beautiful renovation. It used to be like an old Rancheras club, you know, or like I would think it was a liquor store oh, that you had dude, a drive through no, no, yeah. in the front. And yeah, then, I, you know, I know, I know the place you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I yeah. You. I got you. Um. And now it's, you know, they, they spruced it up a little bit and they do music there a lot. And, and we do a comedy show once there, once a month, there, just kind of like a, like a showcase show. We'll do six, seven comics, you know, six comics and a host all doing like 15 minutes, you know? And, um, and, uh, we fuck last time we sold like 185 tickets at the door. 
and Holy fucking shit, really. Yeah. And then still had more people kind of trickling in after we started the show. There were probably 230 fucking people there. Dude, it was crazy. That, that's fucking crazy for Santa Fe. Oh my God. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And that show, we're going to be putting that show on our YouTube channel pretty soon. We, we try to film those and post them on our wayward comedy YouTube channel. Um, that is but awesome. check that out. We also live stream the open mic, which, which is kind of a, <laughs> it's a weird labor of love. It seems like, you know, like kind of pissing into the wind a little bit, but it's pretty fun and it's a fun open mic. And if anybody ever wanted to like, just check it out and was too afraid to do it in person, or if you were ever, if you're interested in seeing what other amateur comedians do, or, or if you're a comic and just kind of wanting to analyze other people's material or whatever. Fuck. It's fun. It's just, you know, a, a wayward, wayward comedy on YouTube and we live stream it. And then it's just sits there in perpetuity. Um, which is, you know, we were, we were like filming it and then editing in individual clips of people and putting those up. And that's way too much work for just a fucking weekly open mic, you know, like it's way too many hours involved. So we just live stream it and then it stays up on YouTube and people can watch it over and over again. Dude, have you guys tried to venture out to TikTok at all? venture off into what uh tiktok i you know i know that that's the next fucking step i'm just a fucking old luddite you know and i hate technology in general but i know that that's where all the kids are these days everybody is on fucking tiktok i don't have one yet but i need to start doing that are you, are you on it yeah that's that's so that's kind of where my uh my quote-unquote platform is right now um are there going to be people watching this from TikTok that are going to be oh, yeah, like, dude. look at this fucking dumbass. He doesn't even know what the fuck's going like. <laughs> No, man. So it, TikTok was, I actually started it. Um, Tom Segura, I was watching his podcast maybe like 2019 and I was listening to it at work and uh, his wife was like, she was finding the most like grotesque, like stupid TikToks from like the worst people on earth. And I thought they were fucking hilarious. So I was like, okay, I didn't want to get this app, but I kind of have to if this is what it is. And it just kind of went from there, man. And then uh, once the pandemic hit, I had literally nothing to do. Because, like, for a little while there, I was unemployed, and I couldn't go anywhere because everything was closed, right? So the only thing I could do was sit around the house and make, like, stupid videos. And uh, lo and behold, man, like, people just started watching and watching and watching. Like, yeah, man, like, I've, like, 36,000 followers now and like dude that's fucking sick yeah, yeah it's, it was like the weirdest thing dude i have people that like have noticed me like they'll seek out my instagram and be like i saw you on tiktok dude this is great and like i've been on buzzfeed articles and like it's the weirdest fucking thing dude because like what this like dumb little app that i didn't even really want all of a sudden is like the way that i could actually like get my personality out it's it's the exact platform that i've wanted since we were in high school that's so cool, man. Fuck yeah. And it, I'll have to follow you. I'll have to set it up just so that I can follow you and see what you're doing. And, and um, you know, I know I, I've, I've laid there with, with my chick at the time while she's like scrolling through fucking TikTok, and I'm watching some of the things and I'm like, okay, I get it. I see what's funny. Um, there's this chick that has a great channel as her own clit. <laughs> She like what? puts a towel around her head <laughs> and does like these big bug eyes, like a filter. And then she like, she'll like be talking to herself down there. Unless I put on this filter, I'm still going to have to do It's some pretty funny. It's some pretty funny shit, dude. 
Um, and she says stuff like, did you just spit on me? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> Uh, fucking, yeah. The fucking creativity of people on that app is ridiculous, man. Like, I don't, I like me. I just do really like lowbrow, stupid shit. You, you, you know my humor. It hasn't changed, right? It's it's very, very blunt and very crass, if you will. But <laughs> like, there are some people, man. Like, they they fucking do these things that are just so hilarious, and you're like, how the fuck did you think of that? Like, that is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. You're just some random dude in the middle of Iowa. And you, this is so fucking funny. Oh my God, man. Like, it's crazy to me. I, I love, I love shit like that because it shows you the, the immense amount of talent that's just out there. If, if anything, it's like a fucking global open mic at this point. Right. Yeah, and least, you know, it's, everybody gets their chance to get up there and do something funny. And if it's funny enough, people will be like, yes, this is great. You know? And, and that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And now the one thing that I don't like about TikTok, bless you, uh, so many people use it as a platform for politics, which is bound to happen, you know, and I think there's a time and a place for it. But like it creeps into fucking everything, man. And that could just be my feed because it's, you know, the algorithm kind of bases it off whatever you watch or what have you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Like the politics part, like I, it gets really exhausting. I know it has to be talked about, but it gets exhausting. But aside from that, it's a great app. I highly recommend it. Word. Word. Yeah. Uh, I'm down to get TikTok famous, if, if at all possible. You know. It, you, have hurt. Kind of, you have the kind of personality that would do well there, too. You really do. <laughs> Thanks, man. I got to figure out, like what that looks like. This is, this is one of the things I've also been in a, in a therapy group for the last little over a year and a half doing dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, which has also kind of been trendy. I've heard other people talk about doing it. And I, I think it, the, the curriculum that I follow is Marshall Linehan's curriculum. If anybody gives a shit about that. Uh, but it's, it's kind of just a mindfulness based um, learning how to cope with, overwhelming and difficult emotions and, and anxiety and, and, you know, coping with traumatic situations and, and, you know, uh, a lot of certain practical kinds of skills that I wish I had learned when I was a kid. Um, but working on it. And why did I bring this up? Because you were talking about I talked about like the political side of, of TikTok and that type of thing. I don't know if that helps, but. Oh, you you gave me a really nice compliment. And you said that I have the kind of personality that would go well on TikTok. And I was like, well, it's really nice of you to say, I really wish that I knew what that meant or what that looks like to other people. And part of what I think, you know, we talk about in DBT is learning how to how to see reality for what it is. And that to me feels part and parcel with that. Bless you. <laughs> um, you know, like being able to recognize your own strengths and to know what, what good other people see in you so that you know how to lean into that is an important thing, you know? And, and I have always struggled with uh, recognizing what my own inherent value is or the things that I'm good at. And I, some, some things are obvious and I know that I'm good at them, but it doesn't feel like I can give myself any credit for it kind of thing. You know, it's, I, 
as you well know, I've always fucking struggled with depression in general in, in a big way too. And just kind of, uh, you know, working on giving myself any kind of value at all, <laughs> but it, it's happening slowly. If it, if it helps, I actually read a quote, my, my good friend, Amber, um, she actually sent this to me today. Um, it was very random, but it was actually something that I needed to hear today. Um, she said, imposter syndrome is a bitch because it means you're so incredible. Not even you can believe it. Mm. Right. Like that, that was like, that hit me, man. I was like, Oh shit. Like that's crazy. Cause she's, she's a person that was like on a Gordon Ramsay show and she was always talks about imposter syndrome. Like what the fuck am I doing here? I'm just this girl from Texas, you know? And uh, me and her were kind of going back and forth, you know, messaging or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, if I have like a BuzzFeed art, you know, what I was telling you about with TikTok and stuff. And that's, she sent me that, like, you're a badass. Don't forget that. I'm like, oh, dude, thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. So to you, I say that, man. Imposter syndrome is just, it means you're so awesome that even you can't believe it. That's what that means, Ben. I like that, man. Thanks. I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket for sure. Yeah, man. And, yeah. and just to, to bounce off what you were saying. Uh, so what I mean by that, when I say you have the right kind of personality, dude, you are one of the most honest people I have ever known in my entire life. Like, <laughs> like since we were kids, man, I, we've known each other since we were what, five, six years old. Like it, we've known each other for damn near 30 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you are far and away the most honest human being in good and bad ways. <laughs> I oh, know. I know. I'm honest to a fault, man. I've pissed people off with it before, but I, I love that though, man. I love it because you're just authentically you. And I know that like, when I talk to you, if you say something, you mean it, whether you're pissed, whether you're happy, whether it's a compliment, whatever, like, I know that you genuinely mean that. So that's what I mean by that, man, is like, you have the type of personality where you just go in there. You don't really give a fuck what people think, or it doesn't seem like you do. And you're just, you're just you, man. I, I admire that. It's taken me a very long time to be like that. So I admire Right that. on. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Uh, I always, I always knew you were a little liar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, no, okay. So let, let's talk about this. So I, so I've been to therapy a lot about this because yes, I, I, for a very long time, lying was the thing that I did and it kind of became a habit and it became a habit where like, I would even lie about shit that was like, even if the truth was a good thing, I would still lie because that was my natural impulse. Like it was the weirdest fucking thing, man. And I had to go to a therapist and see like, why do I do this? What the hell happened to me? And it's because when I was a kid, or at least I'm starting to notice it's when I was a kid, I would get in trouble for shit, even if I told the truth. So it was easier for me to lie to try to get out of it than to tell the truth and get in trouble anyway. So it was a defense mechanism for me to be like, well, I can maybe save my ass if I make up this outlandish lie. Yeah. And I mean, it's an, it's a really powerful mechanism, man, to be able to manipulate the world around you that way, you know? So, I mean, when it, when it works, and especially when you're young and you realize that this is something that works, it's a really strong fucking feedback loop to then fight against for, for so long, but but good for you, man. Good for you for confronting that shit. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. That's honestly, it was a thing. My fiance, she, she can read me like a fucking book, man. And I got much better as I got older, but it was still happening. It was still happening. And eventually she was just like, look, if you keep lying to me, even about stupid shit, like I'm gone. 
Like, and I didn't want that to happen. Like, I, I love the shit out of her, man. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want her to leave me. So that was kind of when I decided to, to confront it and be like, okay, why am I doing this? What's going on? Why, why am I saying, yeah, I am 30 instead of 31 or, you know, like stupid shit like that that doesn't <laughs> Right, matter. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you'll just do it with like little shit just to see what you can get away with and see if anybody notices, you know, but like, it doesn't really matter, but it matters to you. I mean, you're, it's your, it's your focus. It's your brain. It's your mindfulness that, that is at stake. So at the end of the day, man, I didn't want to go through life, like feeling like I was a liar. You know, that's what it is. Like I could feel it in myself. Like, I really didn't have to lie about that. Or like, I could just tell the people and who gives a fuck, like it doesn't really affect them. And some of the best advice I ever got was, I don't even remember who told me this, but at one point someone told me you're not that important. No one cares. That, that was, dude, I swear to God, that was some of the best advice I've ever gotten my entire life. Cause like, I was so consumed with like, what are people going to think of me? What are they going to think if I tell them the truth? What are they going to judge me? or going to this. You're not that important, man. Nobody gives a shit about you. Like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember who told me that, but that is, to this day, the best advice I've ever gotten my entire life. Some angel, some prophet that happened to be there at the right time. <laughs> angel. I, I wish I could remember who said that to me because I, I just don't. Like, and it was like a passing comment. It wasn't even meant to be like deep, but it right. was true. It was very true. Sometimes that's the easiest time to be brutally honest to somebody, you know, it's just like, you just call it out. <laughs> just like, whatever. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, nobody gives a shit about you. <laughs> like, <laughs> just takes this pressure off you, man. Like, hey, nobody gives a fuck about you. So just do it. Just eat that cheesecake or just fart in public or, you know, whatever. I mean, I think in in dbt they would say like what is what are the facts just check the facts what are the facts what are the actual things that you can recognize and observe and describe in detail about the situation and that is never going to be what somebody else is thinking we never have any way of being able to tell what somebody else is thinking unless they say specifically and and even then we can only take them for their word right like that's the best that we can do true. so and, and unless they're like yes, I'm, I'm happy right now. Then we can kind of like infer a few things and be like, uh, okay, well you seem a little disingenuous about that, but uh, all I can do is just assume that you're telling me what you want to tell me. Uh, but, but yeah, like it's, it's really easy to get caught up in all these hypotheticals about like, what, what, how am I presenting to myself? How am I presenting? How do I want to present to these people? How are they receiving it? How am I, how, but there's only so much fucking control that we have over what other people are thinking or, or how they feel about us. And, uh, uh that's why I'm so alone. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, fuck, I don't know. I am, I am fucking lonely. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And it's probably because I have all this other shit that I'm like still trying to struggle with as far as just recognizing my own fucking value and what it is that I bring to the, bring to the table you know uh, can i can i ask you feel free not to answer it well when you say you're lonely what do you mean by that like romantically i mean i'm yeah. single and i don't really have any dating prospects on the table right now i got dumped a while back it kind of hurt and i you know still miss that girl and i i like don't really see any prospect of us getting back together again but um <clears throat> 
but you know, I just like, I've one of the, th- it's one of the things that I've always felt was important is having a romantic partner, you know, like just having somebody in my life that I get to love and adore and who loves and adores me. And, uh, I, I, without having that, that piece in my life, I feel like there's something deeply woefully missing. And I, I really hate being, you know, alone and, and, uh, just spending every night trying to figure out ways to self-soothe, you know, but that is kind of the job right now is figuring out how to, how to just be able to take care of myself and be self-sufficient and, and be comfortable with that. Uh, I think I was in another relationship for a long time that I kind of stayed in because I was afraid of being alone and that wasn't a good enough reason to stay in that relationship. So if I can figure out how to just be comfortable with, with this, with me, with with what I, what I have on my own, then, uh, I think I'll, I'm, I'm hoping the, the other piece will fall into place, but, uh, you know, I can only control so much and I might as well just be putting at this point. It's just important that I put all that focus on, on getting my own shit straight, getting my own life together, you know, fucking working on the things that I think are important to, to, to give me a life that I want to live, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah. So, and then, and then I can worry about sharing it with somebody, you know? I think that's so important that you're not even important, but so good that you recognize that. Cause I feel like so many people don't like they, they think that, Oh, well this person's going to fulfill my, my needs or is going to make me happy and not realizing like, no, it's not up to them to do that. Like this is someone that you're, you're sharing your life with. They're not making your life, you know? Right. And uh, I think like me and my fiance, we've been together for nine years. Um, and uh, it hasn't always been great. <laughs> In fact, there were there were stretches, long stretches where, you know, it, it wasn't good. And we, we didn't enjoy, you know, being in each other's company. And it was hard, man. You know, couple that with like we were broke for the majority of it. And like just now we're doing OK, you know, but, you know, money issues can can cause so much stress on a couple. And she went to law school and, uh, you know, I was very resentful. To her for uh, God, she's gonna probably fucking hear this and hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was very resentful. Not that she went to law school. That that part I was I was super proud of. But I was resentful that we moved to New Orleans to a whole new city that I had no ties to, no friends, no job prospects. I didn't have a degree at the time, so like, and that's when having a degree still mattered, quote unquote. And uh, trying to get through. The first time in my life I had severe depression, like, like genuinely like, okay, this, this is, this is not, this doesn't feel good, you know? And, uh, dealing with that mixed with the fact that I did, I didn't have a way to bring in money. I didn't have any self-worth is what I felt. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was really fucking hard. And, and I blamed her for a lot of it. I blamed her for, even though I made the decision to go there with her, I blamed her for me not having friends, for me being lonely, for me. You know, I took all the bullshit that was going on with me and I projected it onto her. And that, that wasn't right. You know, that, that wasn't right of me to do. And, um, you know, I, I realized that now, but for a long time, I, I held onto that resentment and it was, <sighs> it was, it was, it was toxic, man, just for lack of a better term. It was, it just stayed in me and it just made me so bitter and so angry. And I'm so happy that I'm not 
I don't feel that way anymore. You know, that I've, I've chosen to accept that that had nothing to do with her. And, uh, it was me. It was my shit. That was, that was a hard thing to admit to myself because I'm, I'm not so much anymore, but I've, I've was always the type of person that, uh, Oh, well, this is someone else's issue. Like I'm, I'm not, I, I'm fine. This isn't my problem. And, uh, actually being hit head on with like, no, this is you, man. This is a hundred percent you like, she loves you. She's in it for you. She's supportive of you. She's trying everything she can while she's a fucking full-time student trying to be a lawyer. Like she was the one who was like taking care of the house. And like, I would just sit there and play video games. And like, it was, dude, I was that boyfriend. Like it, it fucking hurts me to like think back. Then, like, <laughs> oh my God, dude, what the fuck was I doing? Right. But yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I mean, it's the pretty, <laughs> it's a, for what it's worth, man. I mean, it's a pretty natural reaction to to be like oh god here's all this stress here's all this stuff now it is on me to like find new friends in this city that i didn't really want to come to but here i am and all this other shit you know it's like that's hard stuff to deal with and it's a lot easier to just say like i'm going to ignore it and focus on what i want to do and then your brain compartmentalizes shit and tries to find a target to to put all of this stress onto. And it's easy to make that your part. I think it's easy to make that your partner for like a lot of stuff, you know, because we, we all, because we both choose to share this life with each other and, and that often requires you to make decisions that you, that you wouldn't have otherwise. And, uh, it's easy to say like, well, then things would be different if I hadn't done that, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, you're right. But like, what, what about right now? What about this moment? What, what do you, what control do you have in this moment? What do you need? Can you vocalize those needs? Do you even, that's the other fucking thing, man. It's so hard for most people to even just like recognize what it is that we need in the moment and, and to be able to then say it in a kind of non-judgmental, uh, you know, effective way where you're, you're, you're not trying to make somebody else feel like it's their problem that your needs aren't met <laughs> unless it's something that you like already asked for. And they're, they're specifically ignoring your request, you know, like, but fucking most people don't even get to that step. That That's, that's the, that's the real bitch is like, it, most people just be like, well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And then you're like, well, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the end of the argument. So dude, I don't know. Dude, but, some, of our, some of our fights in those days, holy shit. Like we would, we would throw haymakers left and right, man. And like the reason I didn't leave, I could not afford to leave. And I'm so happy that I didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> but like legitimately, man, I, I try, I, I did try to break up with her twice. Both times she did not let me. Like not, not that she said, no, we're not doing that. She just said like, if that's what you want to do, you can do that. But just remember, and then, you know, listing off like this is, you know, I love you and and I'm here for you, but if this is what you want to do, then go ahead. But I think you're making a big mistake. And then after thinking about it, being like, you're right. I am. I'm a hundred percent making a mistake. You're right. And love is weird, man. Love is so weird. (laughs) Like, yeah, it, it, and it like the fucked up thing is it took me a long time to actually propose to her too, because I was holding on to all those negative feelings for so long. And like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm even saying this on a podcast. Cause I haven't even told her this. Cause I don't think she would quite understand where I'm coming from. Um, I had these weird feelings, man, of like, 
being trapped and like somehow marriage was going to be different and like so here's here's my thing so when when little girls are told about getting married right what's the thing that they're told it's kind of the beginning of something right you're beginning a life together and the way it was always pitched to me and i think most boys of our <laughs> generation i say boys on purpose um no yeah yeah but the way it's pitched but it's to the us, end. It's, it's the end. Exactly. Like, this is the end of your life, the end of your freedom. You're going to have kids, and that's the end of your free time. Like, who the fuck wants that, dude? Like, and that's the, I, like, that is, like, the wildest thing. Like, who the fuck wants to hit, be at the end at 30? Right. You know, and, the, right. and for a lot of people, that's the way they thought. Like, well, this is the end of my freedom and the end of my youth. And, like, now I'm start, I'm realizing, like, it doesn't have to be the end, man. I'm 33 years old. I'm still a young person. I'm not 23 anymore, but I'm not old. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not even middle age yet. I'm 33. And it's, yeah, so- man, it really does feel like shit's only starting just now to me, yeah. honestly. Like, like, like the 20s were a fun, like, dress rehearsal for real life, you know? <laughs> but now it feels like this is, this is the real thing. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that I'm still here. Honestly, I was, there was a, it was a while where I wasn't sure, but uh, but yeah, it's, uh, as as am I'm I. Glad I stuck around. As am um, I. Yeah. As am I. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad for you and your lady, man. That's that's. Thank you, man. You know, I mean, I think that's what it takes sometimes is like going through the fucking ringer together. Because that's when you kind of see another part of your partner who's, who, you know, and I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just revealing in a way that that's important. I think and not that you should like force yourselves to go through some shit, although maybe sometimes you should like go on a road trip together, <laughs> go through something, you know, like go do something that's like where you're both uncomfortable for a long time and see how you handle it, you know? You know what was the best thing for us, man, was the pandemic because we were forced to be in the same two bedroom apartment for days on end with each other. Like I, I couldn't just like if I got frustrated with her, pick up and go like to the guitar store and like disconnect for a couple hours. I, I couldn't do that. So yeah. I, could, I couldn't even go drive around like Austin. I was living in Austin when the pandemic first um, first came out, first dropped. <laughs> <laughs> first dropped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For COVID 1.0. No. That, that, that COVID basement track. Yeah, totally. The OG COVID, man. Not the new variants. Not the Omni whatever. No, that's... that's <laughs> The demo that's tape. Too, that's too new school, man. I want like good like 90s hip hop COVID. All right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I don't know where I was going with it. Oh, we were... Forced- <laughs> <laughs> we were forced to be in the same, uh, same room the majority of the time. And that forced us to work out a lot of our bullshit. It really did. And forced us to be like actually talk about like really uncomfortable shit and talk about like why I hadn't proposed to her yet, which that was a huge point of contention in our, our relationship for a long time. And I knew it hurt her that I hadn't. And I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it for a long time, you know? And uh, no, man, it was great. It was, it was, it was a great time for both of us to, and I know that's a horrible thing to say, you know, it took a global pandemic for us to realize that, but it really did. So, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're definitely not the only ones, man, that me and Melissa were also, it was hard when, when we were both working all the fucking time and barely ever saw each other except at the end of the day. And then all we were really getting was like our end of the day stress, right. you know, against each other. And then when we started 
living in this, and we were sharing a tiny, tiny little apartment uh, back when the back when the COVID demo tape first dropped, for sure. Uh, and 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 I think it got better. I think it got easier for uh, because we kind of had the same thing. We we're like, we, we got to talk about this, and we got to like actually spend some time with each other and make it make it good, you know. And and I think some of that stress was kind of relieved. There, it wasn't as you know, she wasn't going into her office every day and dealing with all the stuff that she had to deal with most of the time. Kind of got a break from that. I mean, it is it is weird to talk about all of the plus sides of such a tragic event where, you know, countless millions of people have died probably. And and um, it's 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 still not even like over, <laughs> you know, like where covid's dropping albums like kanye you know it's prolific as fuck dude like it's all over the place and everyone just keeps getting like a little less effective (laughs) you know (laughs) like they're just no uh but but i don't know man i don't know it's covid's fucking weird but there were a lot of good things that came out of that like i also was really glad to like have time to kind of be at home i realized this is this is how much how much more i appreciate (laughs) this lifestyle versus what i was doing going into my office every day all the time you know it's like kills me man it kills me it's and and even since then you know since i stopped doing real estate i've had to pick up some other jobs here and there i tried one day as a bud tender at one of the dispensaries in town and I just was losing my mind fucking sitting in this in this building, like doing nothing the majority of the day with like one other person making small talk that I don't want to be making, thinking about all of the other shit that I'd rather be doing with my time. And it drives me fucking crazy. And I quit before I was even done with the shift. I sent an email to my manager like, you don't need to put me on the schedule anymore. Uh, and fucking. Now I'm trying to, I'm doing this event, I'm coordinating this event, which is a, 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 that's a cool position. You know, the city's paying me. I'm, I'm going to have it on as a resume credit that I was uh, a consultant for a city run event and, you know, did a lot of, I don't know, I still don't even know how, what I'm going to do <laughs> with this fucking job, but it's going to happen. Um, and uh, I, I'm trying to get some work at the radio station again so that I can like, have some access to a studio, but I know exactly what they want. Have you ever worked at a radio station? What other jobs have you had lately? Uh, like what have you never, done? Never a radio station. I've worked for a newspaper before, um, but never, never a radio station. No. I bet that's probably a similar environment where they thrive on finding one really menial, low paid individual to do all of the loose end work. Hey, you that know, was me. that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's what they want. They're like, we want somebody that can be a board operator and a productions assistant and a promotions manager and the person that's checking on all the vans all the time. And the person that's doing all of the logos and banners and shit and the person that's doing remotes. And you're like, fuck that dude. I don't want to do all that shit. Give me one job. I'll be your board op and I'll be your production guy, but I don't want to be doing all your promotions and going all over the the fucking state with a tent and like, Hey, come down here to Joe blow hardware and come get a free t-shirt. You know, like fuck that dude. I don't want to do all that dumb shit personally. I don't know. I hope they never see this, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny though. How like you, uh, 
like the pandemic forced you to be like, okay, 18 bucks an hour, just for instance, uh, used to sound good. And now I'm like, dude, there's no fucking way. Like $18 for an hour of my life. That is fucking crazy. Or like $20 is fucking crazy. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah. 20 is 20 is kind of like my minimum of like, it doesn't feel like it's worth my time. If you're not paying me at least 20 bucks an hour in general, you know, but, um, and I, I've got some skills. I know what I'm doing. I, I'm a talented guy. I can help. I can help. I'm smart. I'm smart, too, you know? <laughs> Dude, okay, just you doing that reminded me of something that I think you're going to find hilarious. I have this friend of mine who's my old neighbor uh, when I lived in L.A. And uh, he, there was this, this, like, filter you could put on on TikTok for a while. It was like, do an impression, and it would show you a picture of someone above you. You'd do an impression of them, right? So he's like, all right, well, let's see who this impression is. And it scrolls through, and it comes up Ariana Grande. He goes, okay. <clears throat> hey, I do it. I'm Ariana Grande. Fuck you doing. Fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that ends. And he goes, all right, let's do another one. Let's do another one. And it comes up. It's like Lady Gaga. And he goes, hey, I'm the ladyest Gaga around. Fuck your mother. That's <laughs> <laughs> for like seven people, dude. And I'm just rolling every single time, even though I know it's coming. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Those are some of the funniest bits, man. Like when somebody just gets on a roll and you kind of already know what the punchline is going to be, but they still make it funny and exciting every time. I always think that's fucking, that's like, yeah, mm, it's like a little mm, delicious comedy nugget, like a Hershey's kiss of comedy, you know? The fucking master of that is Bill Burr. Bill Burr does that shit so well. Like he takes low hanging fruit and then just fucking makes a pie out of it, man. Like he's, just- I was, I was watching him just like a week ago and kind of trying to analyze his, his style. And I think I figured out what he does. He starts with a really macro concept that seems uh, like it's really one-sided and he's obviously taking the wrong side. And then he he really lenses it into something super microscopic that only applies to him and makes it that it explains like why it is that he's against the thing. And uh, that that makes a punchline like that alone is a funny enough thing. And if he puts the right emphasis on it, it makes something funny. And I really wish that I could like pull up a clip and be like, this is what I'm talking about, you know, but but watch him. You'll see what you'll you'll see. Oh, yeah. And the, the stay at home mothers one is like, I know, I know everyone's seen that bit millions of times, but the stay at home mothers bit that he does is so fucking hilarious. Every right. time I see it, I just, I die laughing. Dude. I know that's his most popular bit. I get that, but there's a reason it's his most popular bit. Like, uh, yeah, dude, he's, he's a genius for sure. And, and, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on Dave Chappelle these days? He's getting very old man about a lot of things. Uh, I, I, I still think he's hilarious. I love Dave Chappelle. I love the way he views the world. Um, I think he has a very interesting brain because I think he is someone in his younger days that, for lack of a better term, uh, seemed like he was very, quote unquote, stereotypically black. And um, the older he's gotten, the more I've noticed that he just kind of lets the way he really feels come out. And I think it ruffles a lot of feathers because a lot of people thought he was this super progressive left-wing, like border communist type of person, you know, like, like he would be that type of guy and he's not at all. And I, I think it's number one, I think he does a great job 
of analyzing the world at, through his the way he sees it and articulating that and making it fucking hilarious. And I also love the fact that he does not give a fuck and doesn't cater to any specific people. He's just like, no, this is me. Fuck you guys. Like I love, I love, I still love Dave Chappelle. Um, I think some of his takes are a little old manish, um, but he's also a dude who's like fifty now, so that's bound to happen. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I love him. I also, I also love Dave Chappelle. I, I don't think I will ever not love Dave Chappelle. Um, and I, I feel like he's in a really tough position because he has always been this guy that doesn't give a fuck and likes to, you know, likes to kind of ruffle feathers a little bit, likes to walk, likes to toe the line of what is and isn't appropriate and does it very well. Um, and then he got tied up in, in a conversation that I think he had a really good point about, which is all the trans stuff. And his first, in his first like special where he started talking about trans issues, he was basically saying like, he's not anti-trans. He just feels like it's, it's an issue that gets more attention because it's something that white men want to do, which I think is a really fair fucking point. It's, it's, you know, as he said, if it was just black and brown people that wanted to, that wanted to have, that wanted trans rights, people would be like, who fucking cares? You know, like that's, that's, it, it, it gets more attention because it's uh, this for the same reason that the war in Ukraine gets more attention and gets more people fucking caring about it because it's white people. It's white on white crime, you know, and that that's a whole that's a whole thing. And I do believe that that is a fair point that he raises. Um, and, and then because he raised that issue, he got attacked for for saying things that he wasn't exactly saying got attacked for being anti-trans, which isn't at all true. No. He, I think he's the and then opposite. he's on the on this defensive stance where he has to then address the issues that are being confronted, that are being given to him. Uh, and I think it just be, it ends up being like a photocopy of a fax of, of a photocopy of a, you know, and it's like, he, he, he would have been better off if he just never addressed it again. I think, you know, if he just like let critics be critics and start their own shit and then didn't even respond because now he's stuck in this feedback loop with, with his critics who, you know, I mean, maybe that's just what makes it fun for him. Maybe he, maybe that's what makes it enjoyable is like, he likes pushing these fucking people's buttons. I I don't think he's just doing it for publicity. I don't think he's just doing it to be, to be controversial uh, because you're what you also pointed out is totally true about him. He, he talks about his own personal observations and that's the job of a comedian is to, is to have your own personal observations and then share them. Um, And, and at a certain point uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never fucking hurt me. If you're, if you don't like what a comedian says, just don't fucking listen or just don't like, don't watch the special or, you know, or just make it a personal opinion that you have against them. It doesn't have to be that everybody else feels the same way about them that you do. Uh, I don't, I don't insist that everybody love Dave Chappelle. I love Dave Chappelle, but I don't, you know, if other people are like, no man, he's a bigot and I don't want to listen to his material. I'd be like, that's fine. 
I, I understand if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you probably shouldn't listen to it. Here's, you know, here's the, here's the thing about it making people feel uncomfortable, though. Does it? That's that's what I want to say. Does it make people feel uncomfortable, or are they told this is an uncomfortable conversation to have? You should automatically feel offended because I feel like so often, like if if I was to bring up. Like just before I said, Dave Chappelle was a, very much like a stereotypical black guy. I guarantee you there's someone who would take that as, oh, you racist motherfucker. You know what I mean? And no, not at all. The, like you can't even mention certain words. And I'm not even saying these days because that's not necessarily, it's kind of always been like that. Just now with the internet and social media, things can spiral out of control so quickly because one person took something the wrong way, you know? And, uh, I think so much of it too is there are so many celebrities now who are, for lack of a better term, dumb fucking people that have these dumb fucking people takes and they make these big deals out of something that is not that big of a deal and people who are fans of theirs glob on to whatever the fuck that celebrity says and all of a sudden something that is not a big issue is ruining someone's career. You know, it, it's so fucking weird. Like we've, there's never been anything like this in history where someone could say something and it be taken out of context and it still ruins their career, ruins their livelihood. Like it's, it's fucking wild. And it takes being someone like Dave Chappelle, who was for all intents and purposes, he, he's arguably the biggest comedian in the world still to this day. And he has been for the last 20 years, but it takes being that for that not to ruin your career. Because so many people who are just up and coming comedians might agree with him, but they can't fucking say that. You can't say something that that agrees with him because, dude, I gotta eat. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to forge my career. I can't say that. And it's so sad that so many comedians, comedy of all things, has to censor itself to cater to like four people. You know. You know. That's an exaggeration, but but such a small group of people. It's so fucking weird. It is so fucking weird to me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it's it's fashionable to create outrage these days, you know, and that's another thing that like is, it becomes impossible uh, when it, if if you're a performer dealing with people that are trying to critique you is because it's, it's, it's really hard to tell. Like, I mean, unless you're saying something that's blatantly offensive, that's obviously, you know, you can't, can't uh, defend without being a bigot <laughs> then you know like uh it's, it's sometimes it's hard to fucking tell like when somebody's just being a troll or when somebody's trying to be like i don't know i don't know and it just it feels like the majority of people out there want to say something controversial or want to say something mean more often than they want to say something actually supportive or or uh uh like constructive you know i think people want to get a reaction i think that's what it is because so much of our interaction these days is on a screen like the vast majority of the interaction i have in my life is through some sort of text medium be it social media text messaging whatever so the fact that you don't get that instant gratification of saying something to someone and seeing their face you need to say something even more shocking to get them like, what the fuck? And then they actually respond to you. So I, I think that's what it is, honestly. Because You and me, we like saying shit since we were little all the time to make the other one go like, dude, what the fuck? You know, but you can't do that anymore 
through a text message. Totally. I, I, and I, you're, you're totally right. And I'm sure you remember that very well about, you know, when we were kids, man, I, I love to say just outlandish shit because I was loud and I already felt like an outsider and it didn't matter what people fucking thought of me, you know, like that it was, it was fun to be loud and obnoxious and get a reaction from people. Uh, and now I, I would never say half of the shit that I fucking said when I was a kid just to be, to, to be that kid, you know, like, but I'm also an adult. Like, I guess that's part of growing up, you know, and, uh, fucking, I, I don't know. I also, I, I knew what worked with my circle of friends, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you know what you're, what, what's going to make your friends laugh. So, yeah. Dude, our, our little circle of friends, that was, uh. We said some heinous shit to each other. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a motley fucking crew, man. Dude, I, I, um, I actually struggled when I left Santa Fe. I didn't realize that a lot of people don't bag on their friends. So like when, when I was making friends in LA, a lot of people thought I was a humongous asshole because I would do this. <laughs> thing that I, always had. I, would, I would give people shit and bag on them and like joke with them and tease them and shit. And a lot of people like thought I was being serious. They didn't realize I was joking. And dude, I, I really struggled to get friends for a long time there. Like was, and then once someone said like, dude, you're really mean. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm mean, They're like, well, you're always like telling jokes about us and calling us idiots. Or, not that, but you know, like, like you're just saying like really hurtful stuff. I'm like, Oh dude, I'm fucking with you guys. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean that. But I was like, really? That's what you guys think I'm a dead? Like, no, I don't mean any of that, man. And it was just like a huge miscommunication. But just for whatever reason in that city, it didn't work. Like, people thought I was. Yeah, they're a bunch of little sensitive snowflake cucks in California. (laughs) Goddamn commies. I am am proudly a, uh, a, a progressive democratic socialist (laughs) you know like it i like that concept i would love to have a live in a democratic socialist society i think that would be great i I love the idea of having more social programs and more support from the government for all the people that fucking need it and you know what all of the fucking people that are against it all of the people that say like well you can't just give people money and solve their problems are just fucking bitter because they have a lot of fucking problems and nobody's helping them with them so if you gave those people fucking help for their problems they would be like oh okay i get it this is, this is no, good. No, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't though. they wouldn't though. And, and the reason I say that is because I've, I've lived in the South long enough now to know that those people were conditioned from a very young age that if you made one or two different moves, you would be that billionaire. And that's the way they think they've been ingra- It's been ingrained in their head. Like you're a billionaire living on a $50,000 a year salary, but you're a billionaire. And it's so fucking weird. Cause so many like and not even conservatives. There's a lot of left-leaning people that are that way too, but they have this mindset of, Oh, well that could be me if I just make a couple different moves. And, and they genuinely believe that. And it's the most fucked up way of thinking I've ever seen in my entire life, especially in Louisiana where I was at. Holy shit. The way there'll be people making like $15,000 a year that think, Oh no, I just got to make one big move. And I'm up there with Trump. Like, Donald Trump would shit on you if he had the chance to. He does every single day. Every single decision that he makes is there to shit on poor people. That's yeah, exactly he, what he does like and Donald to destroy Trump. other people's work. 
<laughs> that's like, that's his entire mo. And then when I see people too, they're like, "Oh, well, Biden." I'm like, "Fuck Biden too. He's a rich guy too. Like, I fucking hate Joe Biden too. Like, I know, I do too. He's also just like." All he wants to do is fucking keep the status quo the way that it's been. He doesn't actually want to fucking like really change much of anything. Although he has made, he just, you know, just nominated Ketanji Brown Jackson. That's awesome. Very excited about that. That's a good thing. He's, he's did, he's built some jobs back. He's got that infrastructure bill going. He's trying to like, he's trying to make some, he's trying to undo the last four years at least, but man, why not just fucking privatize healthcare? Why not just fuck or sorry. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Single payer. Just make it fucking single payer. That's I want it to be government run. I want us to just pay for healthcare with our fucking taxes so that anybody can go into the hospital and get fucking healthcare. And so that nurses and doctors can actually make a decent fucking wage. Doctors are fine, obviously, you know, I mean, some of them specialists or whatever traveling nurses seem to do. Okay. But Everything's fucked, man. It feels like there's a lot of shit that just needs needs to be drastically overhauled. And every time Republicans get in power, everything gets worse. It just gets worse for the for the for the lower income people in the country, which is now a lot. If you if you take all of the lower income people in this country, uh, their debt is now like it now makes for like a negative income, like net income for, for all of these fucking people, you know, like we, we are now worthless. We are now less than worthless. We have to fucking like work up to getting to zero because we all owe so much fucking money and we have so little. And then meanwhile, yeah, there's fucking billionaires like Mark Cuban and fucking Elon Musk and fucking, Trump, who knows how much fucking money Trump yeah. actually has. That Certainly dude, he's, he's, he's not stolen a, a bunch from his fucking supporters. He's not but, a fucking billionaire. Trump is not. I mean, he's who fucking knows, man. He's just a liar. He's he's one of those people. And maybe you can have some sympathy for this. That is a fucking habitual liar <laughs> that he, you know, dude, clearly will say even even when he knows what the truth would be more more helpful to, to say, he will fucking lie about it or he will skirt around that fucking truth because it's just his way of having control. The, the best Trump lie I ever saw was when he tweeted uh, instead of saying coffee, he says coffee. Like he, he, just, he just he just fucked up right he just fucked and up. then he just left it no, no no he left it which that's fine like whatever but then he gets they go to the uh the press secretary he does his uh his press conference that day they go can you talk about kofefe like making a joke and he like straight face goes those who need to know about kofefe no that, that was a coded message and those who need to know no next fucking question and i'm like this dude, they can't even admit they made a fucking spelling error. Like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think because I think in his mind, if he ever admitted to one single lie, it would unravel everything. And then he, he would he himself would fall into the puddle of orange goo that he is, you know. The thing, I, don't, I don't think Donald Trump's a bad person. I have to be honest with you. I, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's someone who is immensely privileged his whole life. And I don't think he understands what it means to go without. So he just, in his worldview and in his circle of friends, nobody goes without. So, oh, nobody must go without then. Like, it, there's people in Santa Fe who think that same way, too. We, I mean, we both went to schools with kids who grew up wealthy. But- yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. And I'm sure, I don't think, I don't, I, I, I have a hard time thinking that there are 
many people in this world, if any, that are like born inherently evil. Uh, but I, I think, I think you're right. He's a guy that was just raised in a jar, like a glass jar of privilege and never knew what consequences are, never had to. And, uh, was given everything that he demanded on a whim. And now that's how he expects his, his world to be. And at the same time, he's clearly power hungry. And I do think that he has coped with, you know, living in a world with parents that didn't give a shit about him and fucking, you know, being raised by servants, probably. Uh, he, he coped with that world by becoming a fucking malignant narcissist, like, or he was a narcissist already and then became one that, that truly does want to watch other people suffer. I think he really does enjoy it, whether or not that's, you know, uh, uh, makes him a bad person. I will reserve judgment. I think he is a damaged person. And I think that one of the things that he, he does on purpose is uh, try to destroy things because it makes him feel like people are paying attention to him. And that's why he fucking sank a casino who in who can fucking buy a casino and tank it unless they're doing it on purpose. He bankrupted a place where people just throw their money, like literally throw their money. Like how the fuck do you bankrupt a a casino? Like What? And, you know, I mean, he's had all kinds of other businesses that have just crumbled, and I'm sure he loved watching them crumble. I'm sure he loved watching himself build up Trump University. Remember Trump University? You could get the best education on how to be a little dictator. Trump University, you know, that was a thing. And I remember seeing commercials for that. And I remember seeing commercials with Trump in a suit, and he'd be like, executive power, domination, art of the deal. And, you know, that would just kind of be his whole pitch for Trump University, which turned out to be a fucking scam. And there was a class action lawsuit against fucking Trump University that the that the plaintiffs won. And fucking it's he's I think he just likes to create things and then watch people get hope and then fucking take it away. (laughs) You know, I I was reading something that said if he took his inheritance when his dad died, and just put it in a mutual fund, he'd be worth more now than he is now having all those fucking businesses. Right. Like, and, and we elected that dude because of his business sense to be the president. Right. Everybody thinks that he's a great fucking businessman. Yeah, and I'm like, and this he's, dude, you know, this dude, I mean, there are other great, truly life. great business people that have started businesses that have failed. You can't, you can't just say like, look at all the businesses that he started that have failed and say that that makes him a bad business person because there are plenty that, you know, at a certain point, what makes you good at anything is persistence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but clearly if you look at all of his individual businesses and the, the way that he fucking ran the country, he, he almost completely emptied <laughs> To say emptied the cabinet feels like, you know, like a metaphor for something, but he took cabinet secretaries out of the fucking all of these positions and had acting an acting secretary of fucking of the interior acting secretary of whatever else, you know, like all of these fucking people that were not even working for our fucking government because he just fired them because he just wanted to fucking break shit 
clearly and and wanted to start making laws that make it impossible for for accurate voting to take place and for actual representative democracy to happen because that's the only way that republicans can ever have power is if they fucking cheat the system to gain power if if we actually voted on what everybody wants and if you really if you did a blind study if you didn't label anybody as republican or democrat and then just had people vote on the specific issues that are being suggested by the Republicans and the Democrats, I am sure that that 70 percent of the fucking country would would vote for the would vote for the things that are being offered by the Democrats. That's my that's, you know, and I don't like that. It's this. I don't really like the two party system. I feel like there should be a third party. But at the same time. Not right now, because right now we need all of the fucking support that we can to be garnered on one side of an argument, which is, do we want democracy to keep fucking happening? Do we want representative democracy to fucking stand? And yes, I do personally. So I mean, I I think democracy is great when it's actually democracy, um, which we don't really have right now. I mean, we don't, we, we have, I mean, not with an electoral college, which again has decided every fucking Republican win that I can remember, except, you know, and, and, uh, certainly it was, it was really easy for, I don't know, man, I don't know, man. And I agree with you. I, I wish that, I wish that we could really see the effect of our vote. I would argue that, uh, Biden getting elected is, is a good start. Um, would, but also, fuck, man. Like, I, I, I disagree on Biden. I mean, granted, the alternative was Trump, so I guess, yeah. But Biden was such a step back that, that it was. Like, I would have preferred. I would have preferred Hillary, man. Honestly, I and mean, I would have preferred just something different. Hillary. Uh, I feel but, bad. I feel bad for Hillary Clinton because they ran her at the absolute wrong time to run Hillary Clinton. Had she yeah. run in 2020, she would have won. Oh, for sure. Now it's like the reason Donald Trump won is because you put Hillary Clinton in there. Just straight up, like you had Democrats being like, this fucking chick, oh my God. You well, know. also, I mean, I feel like you could argue that if Joe Biden had never run, then Hillary Clinton would have been the clear, who knows, maybe it would have been Bernie, maybe it would have been, but, but. They would have never let Bernie. They would have. Never. I don't think it would have ever been Bernie either. Nobody wants to listen to him. I love. I love fucking Bernie. I really love him. I want. I want to be his friend, but he does not allow friends in his life. <laughs> so you know. Dude, I, uh, I, I like. I like Tulsi. I gotta be honest. I know she said some problematic shit. I know. Oh man, she is. But, she. You, she was the fleece, bro. She was the wool being pulled over all of our eyes. She was the third party candidate just to fucking distract people from yeah. fucking uniting over another candidate. Then, that was then, well. On top of her too, I, I loved Andrew Yang too, and I know he Andrew had, Yang was cool for sure. He had, he had no mean, shot in hell winning the presidency, but I loved the dude. Like I, that I was think, man. We had what like twenty different candidates that fucking year. Something like that. And again, I think if if we had just said like, okay, look, let's just pick one. Okay, yes, not everybody loves fucking Hillary Clinton. I don't know why she's she actually has done a lot of really great fucking work her entire political career, but. Uh, she just seems fake and that's fair. I get it. I also thought she seems fake. (laughs) You know, her laugh is just so obnoxious. Anyway, she's, uh, would have been a better choice. And if she was our only option, I would like to think that, yes, we would have all united and said like, okay, at least she's better than the Republican option. But I also think that, 
I think that he was Trump was ultimately installed by fucking Russian support because they just had a bunch of fucking bots online that were trying to control the fucking discourse over the Internet. So, so you're all they've done is divide us in, in the way that we talk about politics. And that makes it easy for somebody like Trump to get elected, even if, if he even got elected. I think they fucking I don't know. I don't so, fucking know. I think the Republicans have this talent, this 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 play that they run all the time where they accuse other people of doing the shit that they're doing. So if they're tampering with, if they're accusing other people of hiding ballots and tampering with elections, it's only because they're fucking doing it. And it's fucking. Yeah. Anyway, I I have a a theory on, (laughs) on who installed Trump and it's not the Russians. And this is like my crazy guy thoughts that makes sense to me. I think it was the democratic party. I think they got Trump in there and listen, hear me out. I think they knew that Hillary wasn't a strong candidate for the time. And I think they knew because Bernie had already said he was running. And I think they knew that he was a serious threat. I don't think they knew how big of a threat, but I think they knew people were going to, how would Bernie be a threat to the democratic party? So I think they knew that he was a a danger to the money side of the democratic party because he was going to break up that part. So I think they installed Trump to have this ridiculous Republican person to say, see, this is what these fucking idiots think. You have to do, go with Hillary. She's the obvious choice. And the problem is Hillary Clinton at the time was, and granted, I like Hillary Clinton. I think that she's a very good person. I think she's a great politician. She was the wrong person to run at that time because she would, like you said, very fake, very manufactured. She was just same old, same old, same old. But talk about fake and manufactured. Look at Trump. That's his oh, entire on, fucking I'm, gig. I'm, I'm getting to that. So I think they put, Hillary on there to say like, oh no, she's the more relatable candidate. This guy's a fucking crackpot. He's a billionaire who doesn't believe, who doesn't like any of you. He's just out for himself. And they had Trump say these like ridiculous things and people grasped onto it and they didn't expect that. And then, because notice, I don't even know if you remember this, leading up to the day of the election, the shit he was saying he like went so far to like say aliens were real. And like, he was saying shit that was so fucking out there that it was obvious. This dude was trying to lose. So obvious. This dude was trying to lose. I think he was trying to distract from the fact that there were, there was other shadier shit going on in the election. I but, mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I, but even once he was president, I could see in his eyes, he did not want to be fucking president. Of course not, dude. That's the end of his entire fucking grift. He, how can he do the other shit that he does if he's president? He doesn't make as much money as he would if he were fucking, you know. That's why I'm saying I, I honestly believe that the Democrats put Trump in there not realizing he was going to be popular the way that he was, obviously, because none of us were. And I think that people were just like, I'm so fucking tired of the status quo politician. I'm going to go to this guy because maybe, maybe he's different. And I lived in Louisiana at the time, so there was a lot of desperation because that state is fucking poor. Like, if, right. there's a, if there's a state that could compete with New Mexico for poverty, it is that state. And people were just fucking desperate, dude. They like the Obama years were not kind to a lot of them, and it had nothing to do with Obama. It had to do with their governor refusing any kind of federal help simply because it was coming from Obama. Right. But they associated with, Oh, Obama's not helping us. I'm doing well. And that's probably what they were hearing on the local news because that's what happens in the local fucking news spin. You know, the thing is that whole region all in the South there, they all think like that. And those little towns, like when you, when you hear people say on the internet, like, I don't know, I've never seen a single Biden sign. I don't understand how he won. It's true. In those little places, dude, you won't see a fucking 
anything. All you see is Trump, 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 Trump. So these people's right. whole lives are in these small towns. Why wouldn't they think, oh, fucking everybody loves Trump? Right. You know, so it, it was just such a wild, the wrong fucking time to run her. I, I believe that. I, I don't even necessarily say Bernie. I think if you just went with someone who was a little more relatable than a, than a Clinton, because that was the wrong time to have a legacy, legacy, quote unquote, candidate. So I'll just say, you know who, who really benefits from us not trusting our own uh, democratic system is Putin. Because he is the guy who is who has for the last 30 years been trying to dismantle smaller, weaker democracies across the planet. And uh Ukraine is is another example of that. Yeah. And uh it's it is there there is actual substantial evidence to show links between the Trump campaign and a bunch of Russian oligarchs and Putin and a bunch of other fucking shit. And, uh, if you want to, if you want to hear a really good podcast about it, um, oh, I'll have to send you, I'll have to send it to you. Oh, Andrea Chalupa and, um, uh, fuck, I can't remember what the other lady's name is, but they've been, they've been following this shit since the very beginning and they've been, kind of been spot on the entire way. And, uh, and and the, the reality is, man, the, the people that benefit from us not trusting our own system are the, the people that want to dismantle democracy and install autocrats. And Trump is the closest thing that we've ever had to having an autocrat installed in our democracy. And he would, if he could, uh, he would just dismantle the entire thing, I'm sure of it, and make sure that he, like Putin, has been the... Oh, clearly represented president for the last 25 years when, you know, he was clearly democratically elected and, oh, no, don't, don't trust all the protesters that say uh, yada, yada when, you know, so I, you know, they, they've just been following a playbook that's already existed and, uh, that's, it's, it's, it's all already there. Anyway, I'll stop talking about this. <laughs> it's no fun for anybody. But dude, we're, <laughs> believe it or not, man, we're, we're already coming up in an hour and a half. So, uh, yeah, but this is like flown by. It's been like, I swear to God, man, every time me and you talk, it's like, we just pick up where we left off, man. Yeah, man. The, I mean, nice the, whole, thing. the whole reason I wanted to have you on the, the whole point of the podcast, it's called perfect strangers. So it's people that I don't know, but I think a stranger can mean a lot of different things. So like you and me, we haven't seen each other pretty much throughout our twenties. Right. That's true. But, I mean, you and I are, we're not strangers obviously, cause we know each other. We're, we're strangers to each other at this point in our lives. We have no idea. As, as adults, you know, we, we, we have not met as adults yet, you know? Yeah. It's true. So this, this was great, man. I, uh, I fucking love you, man. I do. You're love you too, man. Friends, thank you man. for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, man. Thank you for being on. Do you, uh, before we go, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Find the, uh, yeah, everybody can find me on uh, waywardcomedy.com or on YouTube. Follow wayward comedy. Uh, same with Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook at Evan Galpert. I'm on Instagram as yes, Evan Galpert. Um, and, uh, thanks for, thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening. Yeah, man. No, love you, man. Thanks for coming on. I, I really love you too, brother. It. Cool. And thank you. everyone. Best of luck. Cool. Best of luck with all your endeavors, man. This is, Dude. I'm really happy for you. I'm really proud of you. You too, man. I'm, I'm so fucking proud of you too, man. You have no idea. Like seeing that, that big smile on your face. It, it makes me very happy to see, man. You, <laughs> you don't even know. So 
Thanks, I man. I love you, man. Cool. Love you too, buddy.